Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Five Heart Podcast. This is Todd Wolverton, once again, filling Greg Mahachko's seat. Uh, rumor has it, he's got kids that he has to take care of. His life has gotten very complicated with those three boys running around his house. As always, I am joined this evening by the founder and godfather of Corn Nation, Mr. John Dam Johnston. John, good evening tonight. Uh, <laughs> give me a give me an idea how things are going in Minnesota. There's just a constant act. It's an undercurrent of exasperation in your voice, Todd. I am exasperated tonight, John. Why are you exasperated? Football season is just over a week away. We should be ready to talk about football and be excited about football. Nebraska football starting out against a Big Ten conference foe, Illinois. It's going to be exciting next week. Dare say I would love to talk about the upcoming game with Illinois. But apparently, you have unsettled the demons. You have irritated the football gods. You apparently have done something to turn all that is evil against the University of Nebraska. Uh, I think it might have something to do with that article you wrote recently where anything that comes out of Nebraska is bad. And no, you, I didn't say it's bad. I said it's wrong. Wrong. Well, wrong is bad. People who are wrong are bad. Now, I think that's a yeah. I'm, I'm taking some some leaps there, but nonetheless, John. <laughs> yes. We have no good news or little yes, good we news. We have great news, and that is the football season isn't too far away. Well, yeah, if we ever get there with a coach and a staff. Okay, fine. So there was fantastic news released that Nebraska is under NCAA investigations for having off-site workouts conducted by analysts who were not supposed to be coaching. And apparently the NCAA knew about this, and they were investigating, and Nebraska has video of this happening. But apparently – other people didn't know that the NCAA was investigating this until somebody decided to tell Brett McMurphy, and he was happy to publish it because he is actually a reporter-type person, and that's what they do. When you give them information that's juicy, and they don't go, oh, I shouldn't publish this. This will only make me a gob of money and be interesting for people to talk about who follow college football. Look, it's one more Nebraska screw up. What the hell? There's there's a lot of dimensions to this. And I tell you what, um, you know, it's it's frustrating because, um, you know, Nebraska fans feel like that a lot's been heaped on them. And, you know, everybody's out to get Nebraska and and blah, 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 blah. And this just, you know, puts a cherry on top of that. Um, You know, I'm not an expert on the NCAA infraction book. I don't think such a person exists even in the NCAA, but uh, I'm not sure how big of a deal, um, you know, the two allegations are in terms of violations. Um, The more you read, the more you find out that 
oh, they're probably a little bigger than a slap on the wrist, but certainly not something that, um, you know, is going to lead to the death penalty or a reduction in scholarships or that type of thing. But nonetheless, it, it apparently has happened. Um, I'm sick of the, well, other people do it. They just didn't get caught or everyone does it. You know, that's a bullshit response to stuff. The reality is that there are rules and it appears that Nebraska violated the rules. But more importantly, somebody affiliated with the University of Nebraska is so damn stupid that they videotaped it. And, um, you know, there's a lot of theories on that as well. But the frustrating part of it to me is that it's happening. It, it, it happened and it's coming out now right in front of the season, just putting a cloud over the program once again. It, it just pisses me off, you know, that things like this happen or the timing, the timing of things. Well, the timing was really good considering this happened over a year ago. And the Oklahoma game, the Oklahoma game, there was a bit about the Oklahoma game that Scott Frost was the one that wanted to get out of the Oklahoma game. That was included in this. And uh, you kind of go, okay, really? Just does he hate puppies too? Are we going to throw that shit in there? (laughs) Yeah, that's, it really makes you believe that somebody is, is out to get Scott Frost or somebody, um, is uh, out to um, get the football program or punish. And, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's huge on conspiracies and stuff, you know, but you've mentioned a number of times, both on podcasts and in writing uh, about the leaks that are coming out of stadium drive out of the athletic department. And, you know, after this and the way that this apparently has been communicated, it sure appears to me that there is, at least one disgruntled um, individual within the athletic department that uh, is trying to make life either miserable for Scott Frost or is trying to take the football program down a couple of notches or both, you know, something, something's got to be happening with that. Did I ever tell you about the time I investigated corporate espionage? Well, you know, I think you did. Was that, back was that back in like the 50s when (laughs) joseph mccarthy was on his rampage about communists but yet the the cia of which i'm assuming you were part of you were trying to dig into corporate america and truly understand if there was communist infiltration uh going is is that what you're talking about john no no actually it wasn't I was talking about uh, a company asked me to come find, help them find the source of, uh, this was probably 20 years ago, a, a person inside their company leaked internal information to the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal, who was, they were perfectly happily to publish it and it cost this business 30% of their revenue. And they asked me to come in very quietly and help them find out who was doing this and and that's all I'm going to say about it. But I, I think the point is this. Something like that needs to happen because you cannot have people, you cannot have people who are leaking information when you, even when the Bill Moose announcement, if you remember, I think it was Ted Carter made the comment, we can't even have a, an, an announcement, you know, 
We had to do it really quickly because we can't even have an announcement. And that was a sign of frustration with, I think, inside the athletic department, obviously. You cannot have people that are doing that and have a successful organization. You just can't. Everybody has to be on the same page or the people who aren't have to leave. Now, you can talk all you want. You could listen. You could. I was going to do this today and I just I was tired. I got worn out and I'm old and crusty and it happens. But I mean, let's look at this from a couple different perspectives. Let's say that Scott Frost is there's a lot of people that would like to see Scott Frost fired because they don't think he's a good coach. They don't like him. Uh, He hasn't been successful. They don't think he's ever been successful. And you know what happens when people say that is why waste two more years when you could just fire him now? And there's, in fact, there's been a whole gob of published articles about, well, Nebraska is setting this up so you can fire him without cause and not pay his buyout. Yeah. Which, okay, let's take that perspective that Scott Frost is not a good coach. I, you know, I don't, I guess we look at that and we could say, yeah, 12 and 20. He seems to be lost a lot of times when he's doing stuff. Uh, Patrick did an interview with Stephen Godfrey. And I think one of the things about that interview was Stephen Godfrey said, you know, with most teams, you know where to start talking about how they're having problems or where they're struggling. And he goes, Nebraska, I don't know where to start. And that's kind of a real issue. Scott Frost seems to be all over the place and saying, like, you know, I mean, we did off-site workouts with special teams in 2020, and special teams were still a disaster. So, you know, maybe those people have merit. Maybe they're right. Maybe Scott Frost is not going to be the savior we wanted him to be. And maybe he should be fired right now before he wins nine games in a season. And then we have to fire him because that seems to be how we do things. You know, you know, the the thing that people have to keep in mind and, you know, most Cornhusker fans are well aware of this, that the head football coach at a division one university is a CEO. He is in charge of the organization. And, uh, you know, it isn't like it was back in the 50s and the 60s where head coaches were hands on kinds of coaches. Now. Scott Frost, you know, kind of epitomizes Tom Osborne in some respects. You know, he does have his hands in, you know, uh, some of the play calling and that type of thing. So, you know, he isn't necessarily the true, you know, CEO that we see with a lot of the head coaches. But the the point that I want to make here is that Scott Frost isn't a very damn good CEO. Uh, You know, when, when you have an organization that has as many uh, difficulties as it seems that Nebraska football has had, uh, the buck stops at the top. And, and that's his job. Now, you know, no, it's not Scott Frost's job, you know, to plug the leaks in the athletic department. That's Trev Albert's job. But, yep. re- but the reality is, is that there are problems with the football program. And, uh, you know, Scott Frost doesn't seem to be the man at this point who has uh, been able to handle him real well. Now, can he? Can he evolve into that kind of leader? You know, I still want to be optimistic and say that that he could. But stuff like this that, you know, has come out in the last 48 hours, 24 hours, 
it sure doesn't make life any easier for Scott Frost. It sure doesn't make it easier for him to manage and run his football program uh, when he continues to be barraged with this outside interference. Should we go into rumors? Because I'm really think, I'm really thinking that, that, that this is bothering me a lot. Should I, I just think, go ahead? I, you can you can go with rumors, but I think we need to be careful and and just understand that you know rumors are up is unsubstantiated information. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're true or false. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I'd be a little hesitant, John, but, you know, go ahead. I'll try to pull you okay. back. Going there's, there's, there's three that, I, that really bother me. Number one, there's the constant rumors about Scott Frost drinking. Number two, there's the rumors about Scott Frost getting a divorce. And number three, finally, I heard the rumor I was waiting for that caught Scott Frost's impregnated son, young woman's yes, somewhere. Probably a cheerleader. And I, I want to I talk about this for a minute because those aren't about whether or not Scott Frost is a good football coach or not. And we've seen this shit before at Nebraska. All this same crap, maybe not the divorce thing, came up when Frank Solich had a 7-7 seven and seven season. And I don't know why people find it necessary to butcher a guy personally. If you go through all of college football and you look at all of the rumors that come out about coaches having sex with cheerleaders, they are all over the nation with coaches everywhere. In fact, they're so rampant that a couple of weeks ago, I think somebody on Twitter said, uh, Ole Miss Lane Kiffin's coach done knocked up a cheerleader. And that's the latest rumor for Lane Kiffin. And Lane Kiffin on Twitter replied, the biggest thing about this rumor is the phrase done knocked up. And, and he, he was right. He addressed it. I mean, so many of those rumors come out. Pete Carroll had that rumor. Frank Solich had that rumor. Why do people find it necessary to gossip like that behind a guy's back? That's the kind of shit that distracts a guy from keeping his job. This other stuff is stuff that shows up in public. That's the kind of crap that shows up in somebody's Somebody's house somewhere, somebody's coffee shop, somewhere where we're eating donuts. And it's really shitty. And the reason why it's really shitty is I'm guessing that there's a fair percentage of Nebraskans who look at Nebraska football and they kind of consider it a quasi-religion. And I'm pretty sure somewhere in the Bible it says something about gossip being bad. But yet we keep, we, we, we partake in it and we spread it around like a venereal disease. And it really bothers me when I constantly, I get messages on Twitter, I get direct messages, I get emails from people. None of this shit is any of our business. If you want to think Scott Frost is a bad football coach, then that's fine. But if you want to spread shit all over the place because you either don't like the guy or you like the gossip, that's another thing altogether. And I really wish that people would stop doing that because it's got to make life hell for him. And if you want him to be successful and stay at Nebraska after he becomes successful, then stop doing that kind of shit to him. That's all I, that's my addressing rumors. You know, one of the things that, you know, to, to go along with that, John, is that uh, anybody in the, that kind of a position 
you know, there's there's moral clause, morals clauses, and all those kinds of things uh, in contracts and, and expectations. And I know that you weren't saying this, um, but I'm, I'm going to put it out there anyway. Um, you know, does it matter what goes on in a person's personal life, a head football coach's personal life? You know, can can the two be separate? And the reality is, is when you start talking about public figures, um, they 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 represent an institution, they represent a program, and so yeah. character is important. And you know, I I, I want to put that out there because I don't, I, you know, I just want to clarify. You're not saying that it's okay if those things are true. That's not what you're saying. His job is to, to focus on putting a winning football team out on the field. But the truth of the matter is, is that I had a suspicion on what you were going to throw out there. And, you know, I've, I've heard it too. Probably and because it's everywhere? Because it seems to be everywhere. And yeah. I've, I've heard it brought up in, in, you know, different settings. And, the, the truth of the matter is, is that I've always believed when people, you know, are involved with smear campaigns. And, and in essence, that's, it, you know, if these are unsubstantiated, and we're going to assume they are because, you know, I would, I would like to think that the powers that be at the University of Nebraska um, are aware of rumors. And when you start talking about things like this, they are on top of it. I, I, I hope. I would trust that they are. But when, when, you, when people go out of their way to smear people in, in these kinds of manners, um, you know, their, their motives tend to be, you know, to bring successful people down, to bring yeah. successful yeah. people down to their level. You know, these, these types of things, as they begin to spread and, and as people you know, expand upon them and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, all they, they're, they're, they tend to be little people and uh, they just want to see someone successful, you know, knock down a few notches. Um, and, and, and that is kind of sad. We did the same thing to Frank Solich. Yes, we did. You know, and, then, and now people are like, Frank Solich got screwed all those years ago. He really got railroaded. But fucking wait, guess what? There's a lot of us who did that to him. We passed those rumors around like they were little candy and shots at Jim Beam or something. So when you go and you say, well, Steve Peterson screwed over Frank Solich, I want you to go look in the fucking mirror. If you were the same person talking about how Frank Solich was having sex with cheerleaders all those years ago, because you were responsible for screwing him over too. And it's the same shit happening again. You don't need to assassinate a guy's character just because, like you say, you want to bring him down or you, he hasn't been successful enough to satisfy your ego. And right now we should have been, like you said, we should be talking about football season. And here we are going through this grimy shit. Well, I, you know, I, I want to, you know, just interject this as well. The head football coach at the University of Nebraska in the role of head football coach at the University of Nebraska, has more than enough on his plate, more than enough stress, more than enough expectations to have people start throwing slings and arrows at him 
on 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 other things. Now, you know, just to kind of give equal time here a little bit. Um, does does what Scott Frost does in his free time? Does that matter? It it shouldn't matter to any of us. It really shouldn't. Scott Frost is is uh, Scott Frost, Will Bolt, um, John Cook. They are all entitled to have a personal life. They are all entitled to have a private life. Um, I, you know, by the same token, if some of the things that they do in their life are of questionable character, which could put a, a stain on the University of Nebraska, the programs that they coach, then they should be held accountable. Um, and, and, you know, I guess one of the things that I wonder is I know what kind of time some of those coaches put in. I know the commitments that uh, the head football coach has to make. Uh, if, if these rumors are true about Scott Frost, um, when the hell does he he's have super, time? He's Superman. Yeah. When the hell does he have that time? That guy is making 28 hours in a day. 28 hours in a day. <laughs> hour day we are. He's living 28 to 30 hours a day. <laughs> you know, but I, I guess, you know, Bobby, Bobby Petrino found time to put a, a young hottie on the back of a motorcycle and crack it up. Um, so I suppose, you know, anything's possible, but. Um, let, let's move away from that, John. Um, you know, uh, there's one aspect of this that I, I think, you know, when, when I got past, um, you know, the initial barrage of social media and that kind of stuff, talking about the analyst, talking about uh, the video, talking about off-campus workouts under the direction of strength and conditioning, when I got all past that, you've mentioned it already, and that was when they threw in the information about the Oklahoma game. And, you know, of all of the things that have that came out in the in the media in the last 24 hours, quite honestly, that's the one that pisses me off the most. And I'm going to tell you why. When it popped up a while back that Nebraska was looking at the possibility of dropping Oklahoma and how that had all these legs so fast, that it took 12 hours for Nebraska to respond to this. I had a suspicion back at that time that Scott Frost was the one that was having some kind of conversation. Again, now this is unsubstantiated. There are people that are saying that that uh, Lambrick, his buddy Lambrick, was involved with it. Scott Frost, his response to the media was he hasn't picked up the phone and talked to anybody about scheduling and that type of thing, which that's not really an answer. Um, but but the truth of the matter is. Um, it, it, when, when, when Scott Frost was hired to be the head football coach at the University of Nebraska, there were so many people that were, you know, jumping on the Scott Frost bandwagon. There were people that were pulling the wagon, that they were all about, you know, now we got a Nebraska guy. Now we got somebody that recognizes the traditions of Nebraska. You know, great, 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 great. And what has antagonized me since I first heard that is my personal opinion at the time was Scott Frost is the one that's looking to get some momentum going at the beginning of the season, which that was what I thought the rationale was. And I said, I cannot believe that Scott Frost would have sunk so low to end 
or, you know, to, to try to blow up the OU game. So that's the one that's kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. Um, we're going to play Oklahoma. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I really, I really truly hope that, you know, these clouds that have kind of come over the top of the program in the last day or so, uh, I hope they dissipate by then because as I've said on a previous uh, podcast, I believe that Nebraska is going to go down to Norman and I believe that Nebraska is going to play well. And I think they're going to represent the football program very well down there. Now, if everything goes sideways because some of this other crap, um, Katie bar the door, but just well, wanted to toss that out. We are, we are, like I said, uh, we are just a little over a week from the beginning of the season from, and it's, it's going to be a huge game against Illinois. I mean, they have all these super seniors back. They have Bert, you know, he's probably going to run 30 jet sweeps just to see, just a remind of us of our pain. <laughs> Nobody knows what Bert's actually going to run for an offense, really. Nobody knows what he's – I think he's moving to a 3-4, which probably doesn't fit his personnel completely. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a huge game. Frost is on, on Sports Nightly tonight while we're recording this. He is just wrapping up while we're recording this. Well, let me say this about Illinois. Um, you know, I <laughs> – I've always kind of liked Bert as a coach. I know that there's a lot of people that, that mock him and, and uh, you know, they look back at his failures at Arkansas. Um, but when that guy was at Wisconsin, uh, he, he had some, he had it going up there. And, you know, I would say the one thing that would hold Illinois back uh, right now is they don't have the personnel that, Brett Bielema wants to have in his football program. That being said, Bielema has coached uh, in the NFL. He's had different experiences and stuff. I think he's probably a sharp enough coach that in this first year, you know, the play to the strengths of the players. I don't think that Brett Bielema necessarily is going to walk into that. I don't think he necessarily walked into that job. And, and made the decision, okay, this is my system. I'm going to force everybody into this system. Now, you mentioned him going to a 3-4. Yeah, that, we've, seen, we've seen how that's worked out. Um, but the truth of the matter is he's got a very experienced team. He's got a, a number – he's got a quarterback coming back that has uh, a lot of game day experience. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a very physical game. Who's the quarterback? Uh, is that Peters, isn't it? That Trans Peters, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think it's going to be a very tough, punchy in the mouth football game. Um, Illinois is not the most difficult place to play. Uh, I had had the good fortune to watch a game over there a couple of years ago when Nebraska played and staged that incredible comeback. Um, you know, in the fourth quarter, that uh, was a hell of a fun night. Um, but I, I would expect that um, Nebraska is not going to waltz in there and have an easy day. They're not going to have an easy time of it. It's going to be a slobber knocker. Um, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, yes, they are. <laughs> I didn't predict. I didn't predict a loss, John. I think Nebraska is going to win the football game, but it is not going to be. Um, 
it's not going to be a high scoring affair. I don't believe. Are we, are we going there yet? Are we going where yet? Predictions. Oh no, I don't do predictions. Okay. You don't do predictions. How can we live? You forced me to do predictions and I've, I've got a plan for predictions this year. We've got another, don't we have another? Yeah. We've got another podcast before we have to put a prediction out there. So. Okay. I'll go through some of the stuff that I got from what Scott Frost said, which is really a lot of nothing because I don't know why people expect him to say a whole lot, but he said uh, he hasn't Frost, said much different than what we've what we've heard the last month. But go ahead, John. Frost and the running backs. Not sure there's really a clear cut guy yet, but we feel good about the guys we have. That's I, that's a coach's response. I mean, that's the response you're supposed to give. Uh, Frost says Nebraska has six, seven, eight guys of wide receiver they feel comfortable with, which. I, that is a change because if you remember in years before, there were guys that they'd say they weren't going to put on the field because he didn't feel like they were ready. Yeah. Uh, running backs again, Marquise Stepp, Sevian Morrison, Gabe Irvin Jr. So not mentioning any top spots, but those are the three names that keep coming up. I'm sure Yant is going to be in there, the big freshman dude that looks like a steamroller. He's probably going to be third and one guy. Uh, let's see. Frost says the quarterback, the backup quarterback battle has been exciting to watch. Says Logan Smothers has a quick mind and is getting balls to the right guys at the right time. And Heinrich Harburg is really talented. I, I, I'm kind of anxious to honestly not see either of those guys. <laughs> well, I, unless I'm, we're playing Fordham. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm anxious not to see him either until the second half of the Fordham game. Um, I'd, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him in the second half of the Fordham game. Uh, you know, Someone had to ask, and I know that this is on the minds of Husker fans everywhere, but the black shirts will be coming soon. Oh, and then Nebraska fans everywhere can take a deep breath and they can say, tradition upheld. Captains will be announced soon. Good, good, good. That, that will make Nebraska fans very happy. Someone honest to God asked this question. Will they have any sets when the quarterback is under center? <laughs> and uh, the reply was, the Frost replied with a complete deadpan, yeah, all of the time. <laughs> it, was, it, it was so perfect. I wish he could cut the audio and splice it in here. But it literally was, yeah, all the time. Kind of like, just fucking get, could we get out of the past? Could we just, we're in the now? You know, he did go into a discussion with Greg Sharp about how him and Tom Osborne had discussed the center under quarterback under center thing. And he said that Osborne had mentioned that he wished he could have played in an era where the quarterback was, you know, not under center. Yeah. Well, Which, I don't, I don't, I don't get the constant triple option thing that we have to go back to because Apparently, that's the only thing people recognize that Osborne ever did, and it, it's not. It's not even close. There was you know, spread stuff all over the place. Osborne was running triple option with the quarterback not under center. There were they they had some schemes where that was the case too. 
And, um, you know, all the, all the armchair quarterbacks, all the armchair quarterbacks out there, armchair coaches, you know, uh, there's, there is a reason. There is a reason why uh, major colleges, major college football teams do not run the triple option anymore. Uh, there's a reason why the service academies choose to. You're right. It all has to do with the kind of personnel that you're going to recruit. Uh, but in this day and age, the, 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 the fact of the matter is, is that fewer high schools run those kinds of offenses. Uh, some of them still do. You got wing teams out there. You got veer teams at the high school level. But the reality is, is that if you run one of those kinds of offenses at the division one level, you're not going to be able to recruit the kind of athletes that it's going to take to win. And more importantly, you're not going to be able to recruit the kind of athletes that the NFL is going to move up to their level. Uh, bottom line is that very few of the football players that come to play at the University of Nebraska are coming here out of their love for the University of Nebraska football. Some of the walk-ons do, but the vast majority of them come to the University of Nebraska because they want to use it as a stepping stone to get to the NFL. And the NFL is not drafting triple option quarterbacks. The NFL is not is not drafting, um, you know, fullbacks that, uh, you know, that are really good with the belly, belly fake and that type of thing. Um, that, it's, 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 the NFL hasn't draw, drafted a spin back for probably 80 years, <laughs> maybe 70 years. Could we just, maybe Bert will run that and confuse us. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> there are still a few high schools in this country. And there was one in Iowa up until about six years ago that was still running that offense. And believe me, for, for an opponent to have to scheme to stop that kind of an offense because it was so odd and so different than anything else, it was incredibly difficult. But uh, they don't run it anymore. They got a new coach, a new system. You know, uh, what, go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Nebraska's Nebraska sports season has started as of tonight because Nebraska is playing Western Illinois in soccer. And last I saw, I think they were up uh, two to nothing at I'd half. Like, I'd like to see the Nebraska soccer team have some success. I did see that they're predicted to be number 12 in the Big Ten, which would not lead one to believe that many people – think that they're going to have a real successful season. But, you know, I, I know that there were uh, some players that, uh, that have played at the international level for Canada, you know, that have come through the Nebraska system. John Walker, the head coach, you know, has Canadian roots. And, and uh, it, it, would, it would be nice to see uh, the soccer program, you know, uh, get back to some of this success that they were having maybe 10 years ago. So we got uh, just over a week to football. Yep. That means yep. things are going to be coming fast and hard. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a little bit worried about what those things might be. It would certainly be nice if the news over, you know, between now and 
kickoff on the 28th had something to do or it was totally focused on what's going on between the sidelines. And, uh, you know, we don't need any more uh, of the kind of interference that uh, has, has uh, interfered, I guess, with uh, the excitement leading up to the season. I, I, you know, we've seen it. We've seen it on, uh, on coordination. We've, we've seen it in Slack that, you know, it feels like a bomb dropped on some people yesterday. And, and you know, I've, I've read people say, damn, I lost all my excitement for the season. Or, you know, that kind of thing. And, and that's frustrating. And I'm sure, I'm sure that, uh, you know, there are people I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure it's out there. You know, what about the sellout streak? You know, and, and what, you know, all that kind of stuff. It just, you're right. You know, things just, just keep getting stirred up and, and it's frustrating. I will have an article on money that is sure to stir the passion of Nebraska fans everywhere. And if it does not, you must be a dead person and you need to get your fucking dead weight off the boat. And it's not PJ flex boat that we're rowing. It's the boat to success. <laughs> does it have something to do with the twirlers in the marching band? Because no. I think I think the twirlers would stir the passion of Nebraska football fans. It's important to know. It has to do with Shakespeare, Todd. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Not one. Of I, I want you to. I want you to know that I am doing something tonight that I've never done in my life before. You got a man bun or a ponytail. <laughs> I am wearing a hair clip. John. <sighs> It, you're making it more and more difficult for me. <laughs> Do you know who uh, Toshiro Yafumi is? Is he the uh, gentleman that uh, did the Sudoku thing that just no. died? Okay. No. Well, you know what? I was. You got to give me credit. I was in the ballpark. <laughs> he, he was Japanese. Uh, if you go out and look on the internet, internet about good God English. If you go out and look on the internet for man buns, you will find a meme that says, "Are you Toshiro Mifune? If not, then no man bun." Uh, Toshiro Mifune was a he was an actor, a Japanese actor who played a samurai. He was a tied to Akira Kurosawa. He did. Uh, he did, uh, let's see, Rashomon. He did Throne of Blood. He did, um, come on, Hidden Fortress, the Hidden Fortress, which actually was the inspiration for Star Wars. The Hidden Fortress is a movie by Akira Kurosawa that featured a princess who, was, who lost her kingdom and a warrior, Toshiro Mifune, that was going to help her get it back. And they always had these two peasants following them around. They were always, ooh, ooh, ooh. And that was R2-D2 and C-3PO as Japanese peasants. So Hidden Fortress, I'm missing one. Seven Samurai that everybody would know, but uh, that's Toshiro Mifune. And I am going to change my name in the next, uh, as soon as I can get through the legal system. So John Mifune? <laughs> no, no, to Toshiro Mifune. I don't know. I got to do something with the hair. We're discussing it. It's just all over the place. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Right. It's just, I have no idea. Yesterday I did uh, 
an instant reaction YouTube video. And I just want to tell people that when I do those, those are instant reactions because now I have had emails from people who are upset with some of the things I said. Listen, when we do an instant reaction piece and we will be doing them for football things and things that go on this year, those are instant reactions. Those are purposely meant to kind of capture a spur of the moment reaction to what's going on. So they, we will do those and then we will probably do follow-ups like this where we take more time to think through the process of what we've seen. But I think the instant reaction stuff is interesting to look back on, you know, a year from now, you know, like last year, my instant reaction after the Minnesota game <laughs> was pretty, uh, pretty well watched by people. And I'm sure I don't really want to do that kind. I'd like to do instant reactions where we're full of joy this season and we'll see what happens. Well, you know, and I'm glad you brought that back up here because, you know, in light of, or I guess in spite, in spite of what has transpired, um, you know, Scott Frost has an opportunity. He has an opportunity, you know, to, to prove them wrong, what, you know, whoever them are um, and whatever he has to prove. But, you know, it seems to me that um, the, he's got a pretty tight knit team. And uh, hopefully they come out and play very well against Illinois. Um, you know, the, it, I don't want to say they, they can't – I don't want to fall back to the whole uh, Bo Pelini, us against them type of mentality. But to some respect, in some respect, Scott Frost has an opportunity to mold this football team and the character of this football team into uh, prove them wrong type of mentality. And, you know, by God, it's our time. It's our time uh, to have success. And I think that he's got players that believe it. I think he's got players that uh, have made a commitment in the offseason that uh, they haven't been before. They haven't before. Uh, I, think that, I, I think that there's good things happening. And uh, I think the biggest challenge he's going to face is to somehow uh, keep all of that extraneous stuff out of the locker room, right. outside the program, and, and, and build that camaraderie, that esprit de corps among that team. And uh, I'm excited. You know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm frustrated by what's happened. But it does not uh, cast any kind of gloom and doom over my excitement for the football game. You know, next weekend, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm, you know, it's running through my mind. What kind of food am I going to have sitting right by <laughs> me within arm's reach? And and uh, you know, I, I'm going to get a six pack of something I've never drank before because it's a new season, and uh, I'm I'm pumped up and I'll be ready to go. You know, it, I last night I went to uh, Taste of Chaska, which was a gathering in Chaska, Minnesota, where I live, yep. where they have all these food vendors come in. And it was interesting for me, you know, last year was the pandemic. It was interesting to go to this thing and go, well, I guess I don't need to pay $5 to go in the beer garden anymore. <laughs> I guess I don't need to go over that booth where they're selling beer and wine anymore. I guess I don't need to go. To, you know, it's just... I don't, I'm not going to be sitting there thinking I'll have this six pack. <laughs> you know, 
so you know, healthy it's gross you've uh, <laughs> you've you've done an incredible job with that um you know just a, a quick cold turkey like you did and and uh of course you quit cold turkey on some other things that might not have been that good idea but um uh, i quit cold turkey on life one time well <laughs> <laughs> in the column, in the column of not a good idea, and and if it's my recollection, and I'm not going to remember, but in my recollection, you went cold turkey off of a <laughs> off some medication that you probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, but you know, kudos to you. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad you feel better, and and uh, you know, you're. I had no doubt. I had no doubt you'd still be the same asshole that you are. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the it wasn't the booze. You suppose John's going to be any different when he quits drinking? No, no. It's genetic with him. It's it's in his DNA. He's he is who he <laughs> is. <my> son, Noah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, that's terrifying. Okay, should we be yeah. done? I think we need to wrap it up, John. We're just kind of rambling on, you know, and and we'll be back next week, and and uh, hopefully. We have at least another one of the crew with us because if it's just you and me making predictions, one of us is going to be right, one of us is going to be wrong. I don't, I can't handle that kind of of failure. Uh, so we, we're going to have to make sure that we have at least somebody else with us next week. Uh, with that being said, this has been uh, this is Todd Wolverton. This has been the Five Heart Podcast, where five hearts are all the heart you need, John. Go Big Red! Go Big Red.